0: Yamamoto, with 18 seconds left, will get it out. As he softly puts it down the ice. Listen, the crowd—they are on their feet. The game's over. The Oilers are going to the playoffs. Six-three—the win over the Colorado Avalanche. You can make it four. Three wins for the Oilers as they solidify a playoff spot here with this win. The Oilers now 46-26-6 and six on the season. They beat Colorado
1: for the first time this year. You will be cheering on your Edmonton Oilers in the postseason. 6-3 victory tonight over the Colorado Avalanche. A spot is clinched for the third consecutive year. But what's really exciting is there will be fans in the seats mm-hmm. in the first week of May here at Rogers Place. The Oilers falling behind in this one after a bit of a mediocre first period, Rob Brown. But then, as we've seen them do in, uh, in other times here over the last couple of months, they can take over the game. And full marks for this victory of Andrew Kane leading the way with a hat trick.
2: Well, he, he, he led offensively, but it starts with a great penalty kill. The Colorado Avalanche have a one nothing lead, and then they have... A full one-minute five on three and to end the first period then to go into the second and the Edmonton Oilers killed it off if Colorado extends lead pushes it to two nothing uh, it could be a completely different game but the penalty killing unit does a fantastic job as they have for for some time now the penalty killing has been getting much better and there's always a deflate if you're on a five on three and you don't score there's a bit of a down on your bench and you can see that in the Avs and uh, the Oilers came out and they pushed, and it became the Evander Kane show for the remainder of that period. He was excellent. He's been uh, top notch since he f- he signed with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, what's that? 20 goals now in a in very 39 sh- games in a very short stint here with the team. Uh, he gives them, uh, well, as Bob and I were saying, the purest goal scorer outside of Leon Draisaitl that's played in the top top six in the careers of Connor and Leon. So uh, he, he's a game changer, and he certainly did that in the second period tonight.
1: And Mike Smith, man, oh, man. Yeah. He said it. He said it numerous times. He's been interviewed a lot over the last few weeks because he's playing so well. And he said, you want to be playing your best hockey when you get into the playoffs. And the injury-riddled days of October and November and December and the inconsistent play of January. Seems like ancient history. <laughs> I mean, Mike Smith makes 34 saves tonight. Again, he was excellent playing the puck. Again, he was energetic. I, I, I do think that does rub off on his, oh, his teammates absolutely. the way he it plays does. and bounces around and get, gets involved. He's, he makes 34 saves tonight. He's won his last nine starts.
2: Well, it's funny that this entire season we've been talking about goaltending and and more or less in a pair and we've been talking about the two of them and for the first half of the season uh it was about running them out of town it was about the oilers have to make a deal at the deadline they have to get flurry they got to get one of the islanders goaltenders maybe the guy from columbus they there's no way the Oilers can win with this goaltending and over the last month and a half, six weeks, we've been talking about how the Oilers now going into a playoff series may have the hottest goaltending duo in the National Hockey League, and M- Mike Smith has been nothing short of excellent. Uh, he, he's making the big saves at the right moments. In the first period, again, as you talked about, the Oilers, uh, they leaked to some chances in the first period. Two partial breakaways and a three-on-one. Smith stopped both partial breakaways. He made a couple big stops when on the penalty kill. He gave them that chance and uh, there's no leaky goal in the first five minutes of a hockey game. The first and second shot is no longer going in on the Edmonton Oilers. Mike Smith's been excellent. Koskinen has been very good. I mean, he's a backup goaltender with what, a 19 and three or whatever his record is on the season. Uh, This is a team that is peaking and... Peaking with great goaltending, and you need great goaltending to be a good playoff hockey club. The Edmonton Oilers are now a playoff hockey club, and feeling pretty good about themselves.
1: Well, and that's the amazing thing. Koskinen has done nothing to lose the net, <laughs> and he hasn't played the last four games. So. Well,
2: I mean, we we talked about it for, for a while now that if if they if everything's even between Koskinen and Smith, with sign with with the two of them making saves. Smith gets the nod because of his ability to play the puck. So when right now, it's as much as they were both good, Smith actually, I mean, he stepped it up another level. Uh, he was very, very good tonight. So, yeah, Mike Smith, uh, a difference maker in net, der Kane, a difference maker up front, and the only thing that you could come out of this game feeling a little wary of if, as an Oilers fan is the fact that Darnell Nurse didn't finish the hockey game.
1: Yeah, Nurse left with about eight minutes left in the second period. Stayed on the bench for a a little bit and then went down the tunnel and didn't come back to the game. So we'll see when Jay Woodcroft speaks if there is an update on Darnell's. Well, there won't be an update. There often (laughs) isn't an update. I I mean, they usually don't do that unless it's such an obvious injury that you know there's no denying that something happened. But the Oilers do win 6-3. They are going to the playoffs. They're 46-26-6 on the season. They're 23-8-3 under Jay Woodcroft that's a good record a a, a phenomenal record and uh, they continue to excel on uh, home ice now uh, 12 0 and 1 in their last uh, what would that be so many games I lose track Uh, 12 0 and 1 in their last 13 pardon me yes 12 0 and 1 in their last 13 home games you're looking up numbers. I'm like, I, I can even add up twelve
2: and one. I mean, I a lot of the math that well, we do after I, the I've game.
1: I'm to doubt myself about <laughs> the the record because the, the, once they get more than three or four wins in a row, <laughs> you start to think, wait a minute. Well, mean, well, March fifth was the last. March fifth was their last regulation loss in this building to the Montreal. Well, games. in
2: all honesty, we've never had to really count real high in a number of years for a number of home wins in a row, uh, and that's that's a good sign when you have that kind of home record as of late. And you just won home ice advantage, more or less, in the first round. So uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, have the home crown fans on their side. It was loud in here tonight. Uh, It's going to be an exciting time. There is no better time in Edmonton than playoff hockey time for Edmonton Oilers fans as... The weather gets nice, and there's something to cheer about. It's going to be a fun little run. We're to, the Edmonton Oilers are going to go on.
1: 6-3. The Oilers beat the Avalanche, so the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. Head to the website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake. We'll visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. They also did that a couple of days ago against the Dallas Stars. Chris Russell is now on a three-game <laughs> point streak. Hottest player in pro hockey. He He ends his one game gold drought with the long empty header tonight (laughs) how many what was it 125 before 125 games and now he has two goals in three games
2: and he scored that empty net goal like he'd done it before like he hit the middle of the net he i mean leon leon just said all right rusty go back there i'm gonna win it straight back you take one step and fire it down almost hit the ref in the head as he was icing it but uh, to me that's the right play you got time and space Shoot the puck on net. you're an NHL player you're going to put it in Uh, good on him. Hey what I really like for Chris Russell is he went through a tough time with injuries out of the lineup. He has to work his way back in and he has been a difference maker every game. It, It was physicality in the first game that he came back and now he's got his I think that's four points in three games four points in three games since he's come back. So good on Chris Russell good on the Edmonton Oilers.
1: All right, 6-3 the final, and, and Rob, you referenced it. The special teams were big, and when, we, when we've done this power play discussion for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new one in Camrose, check out Extreme with an X, com. Earlier in the season, it was often, well, the Oilers were, you know, two for five. They, they won the game because yep. of their power play. Well, tonight, the Oilers go 0 for 2, so they only had a couple of chances, but the bigger story is... The Avs power play slash, and you referenced it a bit earlier, where there's PK, like the Avalanche go 0 for 6, including a minute and 11 on a two-man advantage. Smith's with some saves. You know, subtle picks off some passes in the third period. Nugent Hopkins picks off some passes, guys blocking shots. And that's, if you look at the power play for the season, it's still kind of in a mediocre spot yep. the 20th but the penalty, remember, killing, penalty, the penalty kill yep. sorry but it, it had gone from top five down to mm-hmm. bottom six or seven so it, it has improved too over the last few weeks.
2: it has and it's been a difference maker and has changed momentum in hockey games every time your power play doesn't score uh there's a little bit of a letdown and the other team gets to build off of that uh, the excitement of your player jumping out of the box, jumping back in the play, the fans get into it, gives you a little bit of rush on the bench, and the next shift usually is pretty energetic. Hey, There's very rare a team that's going to go 0 for, especially 0 for 6 in a game on the power play and, and win a game. Now, I don't think Colorado's too worried about their power play yet. It is still a top-five power play, and they're missing some key players on it. But they still have some pretty talented players. The Everton Oilers were able to shut down. So I think that again is a confidence builder for the Oilers. They beat a good team but they beat a good team by doing the things that they needed to do. And one of the things if you take penalties and I know that Bob wasn't happy with the refing tonight but I didn't find the refing that bad. And sometimes you take penalties and the refs call it. You got to kill it off. And I think they did a really good job killing it off and that's just a boost and it's a boost for those players that are on the unit when they you know they they feel good about themselves they feel like they contributed the derrick ryans the the ryan mcleods those guys they're not scoring goals they're not feel, you know they're not their name's not on the score sheet at the end of the night but what they've done on the penalty kill was a difference
1: in the hockey game as well six three the oilers beat the avalanche in I, I will say this. It w- the last time I can remember seeing a bench minor for lipping off was the New Year's Eve game against the Rangers. Remember? Because they started losing their minds. And yep. They got mad. And yep. they got a penalty. And that was the one. Oh. It almost blew the, the 6-1 or 6 nothing lead or whatever it was. Uh, so tonight... Now, I don't think that should have been a penalty shot awarded to McDavid. I don't, I don't think so either. He, he got a little bit of a slash on the elbow as he was taking the shot. Maybe it caused him to miss. Maybe if the ref's on the other side, Maybe he, calls he, he calls it. He, I'm fine with the no call there. I honestly am. I'm fine with the no call. And then shortly after, so we don't know if it was McDavid, Woodcroft, probably a combination of several and I, people.
2: I guarantee you, and I know that, I don't know what Bob was rabbit ears or whatever he was saying, I, I don't, I've been around the league a long time and the referee knows when a team is upset about a, a miscall call or a non-miss call it would have had to have been something more than hey buddy call that right like it, it's something that caused the referee to, like he doesn't want to make an, a bench penalty so there was something that was said now again when you're in the situation where you got the lead couple goal lead you're not happy with the refereeing i have no problem if coach or something is said at that point, it's not something you want to do in a
1: one-goal game come playoff time. Well, that's the thing. It was a three-goal game. Does the ref make the call in a one-goal game? Uh, I, I, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I mean, I've, I've referenced my, my years of, you know, calling basketball games from the sidelines, which I realize is a different sport. But trust me, ref-coach interactions yeah. generally are in the yep. same of the same theme, and, he, I mean, usually if corruption is implied, a ref won't like that. Or perhaps if there's been a warning issued where a ref says, I heard you, and and that's enough.
2: Or it's one of the trigger words. Right. There's a few words, there's a few words that, that are you gonna get, get away yes, with. You yeah. can't get away with. So, to me, I'm not going to question the bench call. I have a feeling that the referee probably heard a word or a statement that warranted a two-minute penalty.
1: But I'll ask you this, though. The Oilers were, were really mad about the call on Nugent Hopkins with 12 seconds left in the first. That was a soft call. Should have they... Then Woodcroft was staying on the bench yep. to talk to the ref. And usually, the ref will go over and say, Here's what Jay, happened. what I saw, he, yep. he the, the, the yep. Audrey's trying to make a play, and Nugent hooked him, yep. and then caused him to lose the puck. That's what, what I saw from my angle. Yep. And I, I don't want to put you down, too, but that's what I... but. I thought a conversation probably should have happened. Well,
2: it diffuses a lot when you have a conversation. I've always said that if a referee comes over the bench and says, you know what, I missed that, I'm sorry. That just a few. I mean, there's nothing the coach or the player can say. Once once a ref goes, you know what, I might have missed that one, I apologize. I'm sorry about that. You can't yell at him anymore. He just admitted he screwed up. Because usually you're yelling at a guy because he screwed up. And on that one, if the ref, and you're right, if the ref comes over and says, okay, here's why I called it. Caudry was going to make a play. There's very little time that, that they, if Caudry was going to make a play and Nugent Hopkins lifted his stick. If Nugent Hopkins doesn't get the puck and ice it, maybe I let it go, but that was going to waste the rest of the period. That's why I made the call. Having said that, I don't think that was a five on three call. I think you need a little bit more. I think it has to be a goal scoring chance or something a little on the vicious side for you to make the call. Uh, and yes, a referee should. If the coach asks to talk to you, a referee should go over to yeah, the bench. one time. Yep. You don't have to disturb game. No, go no. You can, you're time. not gonna. You know, but on that one, that was a big. That was a big moment in the game. It's a one nothing Colorado lead on a power play. You give the Colorado Avalanche a five on three. This is a playoff game. Imagine the um, how much more important that is. Especially if this is like first game one of the series and something like that. So yes, it would have been much easier for the referee to go over and talk to Jay and maybe other things the rest of the night wouldn't have been said from the bench
1: Oilers win 6-3 over the avalanche the oilers are going to the playoffs and to get back to the goaltending discussion a couple weeks ago here darcy kemper made 49 saves including 11 in overtime he was outstanding Brilliant performance he probably would like a couple back well tonight i mean, we, I mean smith beat him
2: tonight head-to-head. oh it wasn't even close I, i'll give kyler yamamoto credit he had a little bit of uh, heat on his backhand having said that that goal can't go in from 15 feet out a backhand five hole that's one that camper can't let in the net uh kane was a great play going around the net but camper bit hard and he wasn't even close getting back there so well what about kane's
1: hat trickle i mean it went right through him that is true i mean
2: i have a hard those ones they're breakaways so that one i don't mind it if it goes through a guy on a breakaway that's that's just a goal scorer goal Um, but Kemper wasn't near as good as Mike Smith outplayed him and when your goaltender outplays the other goaltender usually your team
1: wins all right so Kane gets a hat trick Bouchard scored Knocked a puck out of the air after it rebounded off the back wall. We talked about the Russell empty netter and the Yamamoto backhander. He's up to 19 on the season. Jesse Pugliarvi didn't play this game, by the way. He was out with an illness. Derek Brassard popped into the lineup for the Oilers. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line.
2: Another thing, too. I, I don't know if they could have pulled Kemper in this game tonight. Did we ever check? Did the backup goalie ever come back? I don't think he came back. That no. was scary. That was a scary right? I mean, First minute of the game. Puck in the head, backup goaltender on the bench. He went immediately down the tunnel to the dressing room, and we never saw him again for the rest of the night.
1: Okay, we got Oilers' reaction coming up. You can also get in touch on the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. The Oilers do clinch. 6-3 win over the Avs. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Give it to McCarr in the middle left to McKinnon, out to Cadre. The shot safe. It's on the goal line and covered by Smith. That thing was just sitting there. All
1: right, that's the save of the game, not just by Mike Smith, but by every Oiler on the ice who piled in to <laughs> keep it out of the net. The save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at RefaceMagic.ca. dot I mean, really, I, I thought some big saves by Smith because the the goal by Nakushkin that made it 1-0 was the third odd man rush mm-hmm. for the Avs in about 3 minutes it, with about 14:40 left in the first Helm got the Avs first shot of the game he was open down the right side partial breakaway uh, and then O'Connor cut in on the 2 on 1 with 12:18 left more or less a breakaway yeah and then Nakushkin got the goal on the 3 on 1 and it, I mean here's what make the uh, the Avs dangerous the the assists were from Byram and McCarr. Yeah. The other two defensemen, the other two guys on the 3-on-1. Yeah,
2: the 3-on-1 had two defensemen. McCarr jumped up from his, the back end. He had a good game again, had a number of good opportunities. McKinnon was good. Just the Edmonton Oilers stars were a little bit better.
1: 6-3, Oilers win. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Vander and Mike Smith, but
3: how critical was the work of your penalty killers because they got some bonus opportunities at critical times during the game and you guys kept the hounds at bay.
4: Yeah, I thought uh, maybe the uh, most critical moment of the game was the five-on-three penalty kill. I thought uh, all three guys that were on the ice with Leon, Nurse, CeCe, and then our goaltender, they were excellent. And uh, sometimes those guys don't um, get as much credit um, for laying it on the line. And um, we've really worked hard at it. It's nice to see them uh, contribute to a big win.
5: All right, two of
3: Andrew King, twenty goals, right? I mean, what can you say? The guy's got thirty-six points in thirty-nine games. Just your thought on on what he's the dimensions he's brought to your team.
4: Yeah, I thought he uh, was a physical presence today. He went to hard areas to have some success. I thought he added an emotional attachment to the game that kind of got everybody into it. And um uh, I thought he was he was very good. It was nice to see him rewarded with a game like that.
3: You talked to Darnell Nurse not having him for the last half of the game. And what happened to Darnell?
4: Uh, you know what, uh, Jim? I haven't even looked at the video of it. I just know that he wasn't available to us. Uh, we'll have more information in the morning.
6: Thank you. Yeah. On
7: uh, on the physical side of things. Uh, You know, you see Evan Bouchard after Leon Dreisaitl gets knocked over in a guy's face, standing there, you know, willing to go if he had to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you seeing more grit out of this group in general over the last couple of, well, I guess you've only been here for a couple of months. What are you noticing in this group in developing that trait?
4: Yeah, I think uh, there's different ways to be physical, too. Uh, Sticking up for a teammate, holding your ground in a scrum. Um going to hard areas. I think one of our most physical guys is maybe our smallest player in stature in Yamamoto. Um, winning 50-50 puck battles, blocking a shot, um, making a play on the wall. I think we've seen great improvement over the last two months in that regard. And those are the things that, the little things that go into to winning. And uh, it's something that we try and celebrate and, um, we've had the success we've had because players are laying it on the line in that fashion.
7: There seems to be, uh, when you guys get rolling, uh, a relentless nature to, you know, those battles or the four check or, I mean, that's where playoff hockey lives, isn't it? And are you seeing that relentless nature in your group? Yeah. And at the right times?
4: Yeah, I think we've, we've played hard. We're playing hard. We are playing hard. Um, we also uh, got pushed by a good team today. Uh, they're a good team. They had chances. Um, but I, I liked our resolve, liked our resiliency after finding ourselves down one nothing. I thought we got better as the game went on. And um, we're, we're getting more and more comfortable in those types of games, which I think is a good sign.
8: Uh, Jay, you missed the start of Evander Kane's tenure here, but it, it did seem like at least shortly thereafter, this team really started to turn a corner after a rough patch. Was there something maybe fitting about him having this performance tonight to get you into the playoffs?
4: Yeah, I'm ha- so happy for Evander. I mean, it's been an interesting year for him. Um, you know, I'm glad that he, he wanted to come to Edmonton and be part of the Oilers organization, and he's a big reason why we're at, where we're we're at right now. And uh, to see him have a game like that when we clinch a playoff spot, I think um, he's driven uh, to show that type of play in a playoff series.
8: You know, you've, been, you've been very complimentary of your goaltenders since you arrived here. Uh, Mike Smith put together a, a pretty good run last well, four games, but even before that. Have you, what have you seen from him, especially tonight, uh, in terms of the way he's, he's been able to kind of carry this team a little bit?
4: I see somebody who makes the right save at the right time. I see somebody who, who is an elite puck handler, a great teammate, a leader.
7: Um... Darnell's a very important player, so I'll just follow up a little bit. Yep. Where's the level of concern with what happened tonight? Are you potentially missing him or just don't know anything? Yeah,
4: I, I really don't have much information. I, I didn't even get to, we were just talking as a coaching staff in the room and watching a little bit of chances and stuff like that, but I, I haven't, it would be uh, too early to tell. I, we'll have more information tomorrow. Fair, thanks. Yeah, thanks guys.
1: All right, that is Jay Woodcroft checking in as the Oilers beat the Colorado Avalanche 6-3. So, yeah, no update on uh, Nurse. Now, I should say that's usually the case. Yes. It's not. I I tweeted that Woodcroft says there'll be more information on Nurse's health in the morning, and someone replied, oh, that sounds ominous. Now, it doesn't mean it's not bad news, but it doesn't mean that it is. I mean, usually the coach comes off he talks to the assistant coaches they look at some stats and then he goes
2: and does the post game well even if he's told he's not saying anything they never do right away because if there's
1: more that no, needs the, to be done they're going to go to the dogs. again doctors, the right? only time if it's if it's something they like, say okay yeah obviously he broke yes. his leg and that's confirmed but
2: so. I, I did see uh, there have been a few tweets out there showing when it happened to me it looks like it's a pull of something um hopefully nothing too uh, long-term. I might guess by the look of it, it's he'll play sometime next week if they want him to play or they'll rest him for the playoffs. But it doesn't look long-term at all just from the video I've seen.
1: 6-3, the Oilers win it. That is a $600 donation to 630 Jed Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown given 100 bucks every time the Oilers score over the course of the season. So we uh, appreciate that and uh, the Oilers have had some pretty good nights for 6.30. Ted Sanders Anonymous, thanks to James H. Brown. The uh, total donation for the season, now $27,500. As uh, By the way, Florida got up to uh, 325 the other night. Goals four. That's a lot. Yeah. They well, they're on They've pace. won 12 in a row.
2: Is that what they are right yes. now? They got a good team. Well, and it's funny. Uh, they, uh, they do it sometimes in spite of their goaltending. Where the Oilers t- are getting consistent goaltending every night, they haven't been getting it in Florida. They just score so much. And some guys that were castaways from other teams, Duclair and Bennett and players of that ilk, have had fantastic years for the Florida Panthers. They, there are some good hockey teams out there. The Edmonton Oilers, I believe, have joined the ranks of those kind of good hockey teams. So we'll see if the others can continue this going. But they are on a wonderful run right now.
1: Yeah, if Nurse is out for any length of time, there'd have to be a call-up, probably if Broberg at this time. I know Bob was going over during the game. Nima Leinen's uh, still out. Uh, Cuckoo's been on a personal leave, so, well, we'll, so hopefully who, that's...
2: Whoever they, whoever they call up will be sitting in the stands anyways. They'll just go back to 12-6, and six and another forward will come in, and they're not going to run seven defensemen with someone coming up from the minors. They will go 12-6 and six next game if Darnell no Nurse doesn't
1: play. Yeah, and they're uh, flying tomorrow to Columbus, and they will play Columbus uh, at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Okay, and Woodcroft was talking about Evander Kane, and he made an interesting comment that his emotional attachment to the game really helped the Oilers tonight.
2: I I agree, and at times, the Oilers have always been skilled, but they are at times a quiet hockey club. uh, They're leaders. Are, are not the boisterous type they're not the they, their leaders don't play with that with an arrogance or with a swagger they just simply play and play great but when the others got a mike smith uh, darnell nurse plays uh, that way somewhat and evander kane up front they're loud players that you notice them in, in shifts and when there's nothing going when the, the crowd is waiting for that one big aha moment uh, smith's capable of doing it but evander kane is up front and tonight he just got into it with a few players on the opposition. He went after Kadri. He, he had a conversation with McDermott uh, a couple games ago. It was Kaprizov in Minnesota. Uh, he, he gets involved, and those are energy... Uh, moments for, for the team. It, it pumps energy into the bench. It, it turns a quiet game into a loud game. And I do believe that the Edmonton Oilers are a better team when they play in loud hockey games. When there's uh, events, not high event chance for chance, but uh, there's a physicality. There's a little nastiness. There's pushing and shoving. Uh, we saw Bouchard. Players that tonight get out of his element where he went after a player. Uh, players are better when they're involved physically. And you don't have to fight to be involved physically, but just get in the battle. And I think what Evander Kane does, he brings people into the battle because he starts a battle and then he brings players from the opposition. That means you have to get involved too. And just, it's an adrenaline rush when you go back to the bench after being in a big scrum out there pushing and shoving. Fans get into it, you get into it. So I think that's what Evander Kane does. He brings an emotional aspect to the game. And it's funny because he has a very stoic demeanor like he does when he scores you don't it's not like this rah rah he just he just got this confidence about him and that's what he's like when he's involved with these emotional things or these physical things and it just brings the rest of the team along with him
1: all right we got a winner in lucas tonight the 50 dollar River Cree resort and casino gift card i set the line at one and a half before the game combined points for mcleod and yamamoto it is uh mcleod with no points tonight, but Yamamoto had two, so it is over for Lucas, courtesy River Creek Resort and Casino. Excitement, bet on it. Okay, we got more post-game reaction coming up, and we'll get to your phone calls, too. The Oilers are playoff-bound, 6-3 over the Avs. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: The avalanche zone on the left to Kane. He'll go in behind the net. He'll wrap around. Scott! And he's tied the game at one. The Oilers 0 for 2 on the power play sent towards the net. Kane almost banked it off. A Kemperin in. It goes to key side of the net. Kane scores! Evander Kane at the side of the net. And the Oilers are up 3-2. David will go across the line, find Kane. He's going to go to the net. The shot scores! Patrick goal! Evander Kane! And the Oilers are up 4-2!
1: And the Oilers win 6-3 over the Avalanche. That is Evander Kane's fourth career hat trick. He last had one on January 5th, 2020. He has 20 goals this season for the Edmonton Oilers, which is pretty remarkable because he's going to wind up playing just over half the season. And uh, like we've been talking about, the Oilers are absolutely rolling. They have won four in a row they've won 10 of their last 12 this is uh, a great streak and a great way to be going into the playoffs
2: it is it's uh, you want to go in the playoffs two ways you want to go in playing well and you want to be healthy now hopefully darnell nurse is just a very minor thing and you get him back playing uh quickly and then you'll have the combination that you want uh they're rolling with contributions up and down the lineup uh defensively there was worries on the back end is this can they handle big heavy teams can they handle skilled teams the the defense has been fine Uh, there was a little bobble early in this game where they gave up a couple odd man rushes but they weathered that and then as the game went on they became the better hockey club and i think that's what we've seen a lot lately too most of these games the others have become the better hockey club as the game has gone on and i think that bodes well down the stretch and in the playoffs too it's not like they're starting off strong and then hanging on they're getting better and and imposing their will on good hockey clubs. They're not just playing the afterthoughts in all these games. They've been beating some very good hockey clubs as well.
1: Also can check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Early in the third, the Capitals lead the Coyotes 1-0. The Senators beat the Blue Jackets 2-1 in a shootout, and Minnesota fell behind early but then beat the Seattle Kraken Six three. The Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors. Just want to see if this one is final, Rob. It was late in the third. It uh, just ended five one for the Condors over the Tucson Roadrunners, and the uh, Blue Jays won tonight four three against Houston. That is your Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead.
5: Uh, hey guys, how you doing? good well I mean uh, well I mean I guess I'll say you know I didn't uh, I certainly uh, I certainly was not a fan of the start now I thought the, I mean like uh, I mean the oilers kind of look like at times like uh, like they were carrying the play but Colorado had far too many grade A looks at the start but I thought after that Edmonton settled down they played well I want to quickly touch on that uh uh, uh McDavid breakaway there late in the game where McDavid got slashed and they didn't call it. Personally in my opinion, I think the score had something to do with it too. I think because the sc- I think because the score was already five two, the ref I mean probably didn't didn't want to give us a power play or a penalty shot. That's just I mean, that's just what I think. And then Smith, obviously I mean, you know what, he still played well. I mean I think I saw at one point on the TV, on the power play, he stopped 14 shots tonight or something. Colorado had 14 shots, and we're 0 for 6. So, and, you know, good game. We're in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, step one, right? He takes... It takes. Uh, Can't win the Stanley Cup on the takes, outside of the playoff bubble. takes 77 games sometimes to get that first step. Some teams did it a little faster. Some teams might not do it till. Game 82, eighty-two, but yeah, you got to get in there first. And it's been, I I mean, a wild season, the 16 and five start, the awful 15 game stretch and then kind of back and forth for a bit. And now, I mean, regardless of what happens here in the final four games, going to be an incredible, uh, we're going to remember the final quarter of the season as being pretty incredible for, for the Oilers. So
2: it's fun. It's a fun time of year for players to play. Uh, there's the excitement level level now for the the Oilers of uh, now they can talk about playoffs. You know, it, it, well you always talk, about you want an X beside the the name on in the score score sheet or in the the paper the next day. And I don't think much of it. But the one thing that this allows you to do, you can now talk about playoffs as a right. player. Uh, if you're on, if you still haven't clinched, even though it's obvious you're going to, you still don't you don't say players are still. Uh, superstitious you don't want to jinx it all of a sudden something goes wrong and Things fall apart on you, but now you can actually talk about the excitement of being back in the playoffs. I, I know that they interviewed uh, Kulak after the game, and he talked about what it meant coming here on the trade deadline and being part of this, and going to the playoffs and the excitement of it. And now you get to start watching these other teams that are under stress: Vegas, Vancouver, L.A. These teams that are doing everything possible to get in, and you get to start thinking, okay, who gets to play us in the first round? I can, and I can say with 100% certainty the Edmonton earlier players and coaches do not care who they play in the playoffs in the first round they feel confident that whoever is thrown at them they're capable of beating them
1: all right so 6-3 the Oilers win tonight over the Avalanche Connor McDavid with three assists as he pulls ahead by three in the scoring race with Hubert O'Leon on Dreisaitl. got a helper on the Chris Russell Empty netter at the end of the game. Drysaddle was big on the penalty kill. Here are the orders, two big guys. Uh,
7: Connor, I'll ask you about that second period and and maybe your line mate in particular of Andrew Kane. That just seemed to be a, a period where he kind of grabbed it by the throat a little bit there.
9: Uh, he was great. Um, you know, obviously we didn't get off the start we wanted and uh, came out in the second and you know I thought uh, we did a lot of good things and obviously Kaneer, um, you know, some some real nice goals, some big goals for 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 our group. Leon, uh, I think you guys knew you were heading to the
7: playoffs, but it becomes official. Uh, Just maybe a thought on the journey getting to this point this year. There were some pretty dramatic ups and downs, yet here you are.
10: Uh, Yeah, I think in in a perfect world, um, we would have liked our our season to be a little more even keel probably, but um, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes, and at the end of the day, um, we're in, right? So that's all that matters. That that was was goal number one, and, and... uh, we're, we're happy about that. We're proud of ourselves, but uh, we're long, long, uh, long from done. Connor, just over here. Just a, Sorry.
6: just a thought on doing it against Colorado, clinching it against the best team in the league. Does that kind of send a statement? Do you think that you guys are ready to make a good run in the playoffs here?
9: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's one game. You know, um, we played them, we played them hard, and they've been good games, and. Um, you know we've, we found a way to lose two and found a way to win one tonight and you know obviously uh, tonight had uh, some big uh, implications with it so um, that's all it is
6: and Leon you were obviously you guys were here for the last playoff run when this was happening and the building was almost falling down with people on top of us yes what are you guys looking forward to about this this playoff drive or run
10: yeah I mean I, I think that atmosphere right um, that's that's part of, of what we play for um obviously at the end of the day the the result is or the, or the main goal is to win a stanley cup right so um but it's it's fun seeing these people uh you know come out cheering us on um even even when it's not going our way you know they they seem to find a way to to support us so um yeah we're we're excited uh, that that we're in obviously and um yeah, step step one is done <clears throat>
4: A lot uh, as to the penalty kill this evening for you guys, Leon, and maybe yourself particularly on that five-on-three, just a thought on what you were able to do to sort of stem the tides and keep the team in this game in that realm.
10: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of odd, you know, starting a period with a five-on-three. Um, so I, th- I thought um, all four of us out there, uh, Smitty included, did, did a pretty good job you know we limited their chances obviously a lot of skill on that team uh, got to be aware of, of uh little plays through the seam so uh yeah i thought we did a pretty good job uh leon a lot has been made about the change and
8: how much that helped but just a few games before that evander kane arrived can you explain kind of what he's meant to this team in the last half half of the season
10: uh yeah he's uh he's a gamer um he, uh, you know, he, he shows up to big games, he shows up to play, he plays hard, he's got a unique skill set about him, um, you know, skilled forward, knows how to score, um, and, and has that physical element, right, that, that's big in the playoffs, so I think down the stretch here, uh, and especially going into playoffs, he's going to be big for us. And
8: Connor, I know he's played with, with both you and Leon um, Evander, that is. But can you explain w- how you guys have been able to have find uh, some chemistry together? You guys are different players, but it, it seems to have worked out.
9: Um, uh, yeah, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's playing really well. Um, you know, he's uh, four-checks hard, you know, kind of to you know, piggyback on what Leo was saying. You know, he uh, four-checks hard, brings a physical element, um, you know, frees up a lot of pucks for me to... Uh, to get my hands on and, you know, obviously I'm just trying to find him and, and my other line mates, whoever it is. So, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's playing really well though.
11: Leon, you mentioned you would rather have had the season, maybe be more even keel, but that almost never happens. Uh, maybe can you, can you just talk to us a little bit about, you know, you you lose your number one goaler for a long time. Mike's not healthy for a lot of the year. You Change coaches uh you know kane comes in a whole bunch of new stuff does all those changes and all the stuff you had figured out during the year does it make you a better team now
10: well yeah like i said um a little bit too much of, of an up and down season i think everyone would agree with that but <clears throat> um you know these things happen and, and good teams go through that we knew from the beginning that we we're a good team um you know it was hard for us to stay healthy um that's 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 a big issue you know um with that being said every team goes through that and and i I thought for the most part we we did a pretty decent job other than that long stretch maybe um of of sticking sticking in the race so um a lot of changes obviously but we we found our game and um you know obviously that's that's exciting and, and and good news to going into the playoffs
11: two things two quick things this is the first time in three years you're going to get to play a playoff game in front of fans, uh, which I would think would be a lot more fun than the last couple of years. And in your time here, has this team and, the, you know, the, the roster around you, the team you got, the way you're playing, has this team ever played better hockey coming into a playoff or playing right now?
10: Um, it's it, it's tough. I think it's up there for sure. Uh, 2017, we had a really good a uh, really good team, really good uh, run at the end. We're playing well in the playoffs. Um, uh, last season, we were playing well after after a tough start. Um, so it's it's definitely up there. Um, we we have to make sure that we take this into the playoffs as confidence and, and continue it. That
1: is Leo Drysdale and Connor McDavid. Someone in Studio 99 just came up and asked me, where's Rob Brown? He's, <laughs> he's four feet away from me. He's like, he didn't can't, be that, can't be thought, that old thought, guy over there. He thought you walked around in a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey, <laughs> like on all your hockey carts. He, he didn't ex- realize you wore
2: civilian clothes. You can't believe how small I am and old I look. <laughs> Don't blame him. Sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm wondering where I went to. <laughs> well, he's having a good time. There he is right Everyone's there. Everyone's having he's, a good time tonight. I think he's tonight. a little
1: embarrassed now. That's okay. <laughs> Everyone's That's okay. having it's. It, it's the Oilers won. They're going to the playoffs. Well, the it's a good night. Yeah. We'll, we'll chat with you during the commercial, okay? In a few minutes. I think he wants to say hi to you. Maybe get an, I mean, that might be, that, maybe that's JP. He finally came for his autograph.
2: Oh, wow.
1: We don't, we've never seen JP before.
2: Yeah. Maybe that is him. <laughs> Did he talk with a very, very thick accent? He doesn't have a glass of wine in his hand. That's not JP. Not yet. Yeah, that's the true. The night
1: is young. It's not even 11 on a Friday. <laughs> the Oilers clinched a playoff spot. 6-3 over the Avs. Pretty good performance by the Oilers this evening. As uh, we will go to Rob on the Certainty Hotline, right? Rob, are you there? Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Hello. Uh, how you guys doing? Yeah, good. Go ahead. Awesome. Uh, <laughs>
12: this man has got to be nothing worse than being the first call after all the interviews. But anyway, uh, I, I want to touch on something that Rob said, uh, and uh, I, I totally agree. And I—one uh, of the things I really noticed—it's I'm talking about Evander Kane. Um, when he was you know when he first got here and stuff and then even when, when he was like right away he's been producing and scoring goals and, and assists and but you always look at it was almost like uh, like there was no smile no nothing it was almost like yeah that's what I wanted to do it's all for me that's right I'm just getting piling up my points but what I've noticed in the last half with him is I really think he's starting to see he's part of the team and, not, like, not just the team, but, like, now when he scores or assists, like, you see the smile, grit, like, ear-to-ear grinning. And we never saw that when he first showed up. And I, I really think, um, I think he feels like he belongs. And I think it's a big thing because, man, I cannot imagine us not trying to sign this guy next year. Like, oh, that I, I just don't know how, how
2: you... That'll be interesting yeah. in the off season. It, it'll come down to money and what his camp wants and what and the Oilers can afford. Yeah. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent at season's end. Having a How do you let this guy go? Well, How do you let, let it go? It's his decision. If it's Evander he, Kane's decision. Yeah,
1: I mean, the Oilers, at the end of the season, the Oilers could say, okay, let's talk about a contract. And he could say, okay, that's cool. There's 31 other July teams. 1st or yeah. whatever the day is this year, So we'll see Uh, I mean maybe he's going to say well I just had the time of my life and
2: but what I see with Evander Kane and and I was trying to I was thinking about this earlier today when Evander Kane scores he's like remember Barry Sanders when he used to get a touchdown he would just turn hand the football to the to the ref and just go it's like I've done this before. I don't really need to celebrate that much because this is what I'm supposed to do yeah. and that's what it's like when Evander Kane scores a goal he's just he's simply yeah I, I put the puck well, in he that. was
1: more excited for Keith's assist <laughs> he was you're right this is a great pass. Well, he,
2: well actually he used a f- very colorful language when he said that what kind of pass it was it, <laughs> and it, it was a great play by Keith he froze everyone and found Kane backdoor but yeah uh, Kane is uh, and, and all honesty I think he's given them more than anyone ever could have imagined. I mean he's on pace for a 40 some goal season Uh, he's been excellent in his and Leon Drysdale touched on it uh, in the little interview section there is he's built and made for playoff style hockey and I think we've seen uh, a fantastic stretch from Evander Kane I think the importance of Evander Kane will be felt even more come playoff time when the games get tighter the physicality gets bigger. And the importance of a, a guy that's capable of scoring to give you that 2-1 type victory is going is to show through. So Kane's importance to this team is going to get more and more important as we get closer and into the playoffs.
1: And you're going to hear from Evander Kane in a couple of minutes. We'll also get to uh, more calls on the Certainty hotline. The Oilers are in the playoffs, 6-3 over the Avalanche. Back in a couple of minutes.
0: Here's Bouchard. He'll walk in. He'll shoot it. That one sails over the goal. Bounce in front. Scores! Evan Bouchard got the bounce off the end glass, and he batted it in. And the Oilers are up 2-1. to one.
1: Well, Evan Bouchard could maybe pull off a sacrifice bunt for a team. It's funny.
2: It's funny. Evan Bouchard, who's got the heaviest shot on the team, one of the heaviest in the National Hockey League, he scored a... Two-inch tap-in from about chest high. Yeah. That would, Again, w- w- so many things happened tonight in an exciting, fun hockey game. That is that is a weird goal. Yeah, He took a shot that was deflected, went up over the glass, and no one really knew where it was except for Bouchard. The goalie didn't, Cal McCarr didn't, and Bouchard followed it in and just then it bounced off the top of the net, the netting part, came up in the air and then coming down, and he just kind of went up and tapped it in the net. Uh, and actually, that what, what did that make the score? Cause that I think extended the lead. That made 2-1. Yeah. Okay. They made it two-one. Yeah, because
1: they 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 combined for three goals in a minute thirty-seven. Kane tied it. Bouchard made it 2-1 and then 15 seconds after oh, That's Bouchard, right, too. Nikushkin scored with the oh, yeah, shot. It
2: just uh, And good on Bouchard. And we see a lot with uh, r does that, where he'll skate up the middle, and he doesn't, he's not going to beat a guy one-on-one, so he fires the puck on net and then tries to jump around the defenseman and look for a rebound. And that's what Bouchard was trying to do on that one as well. And he got a lucky break, good bounce, and took full advantage of it.
1: All right, 6-3, the Oilers win over the Avalanche. 46th win of the season. For the Edmonton Oilers, 23 for Woodcroft, 23 for Tippett, and they're going to the playoffs. We have Chris on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Chris, go ahead.
12: Hey, Reeb, hey, Rob, how are you guys doing tonight? Quite well. Uh, just a few comments I just wanted to make with regards to tonight. Uh, first off, great game this was, very entertaining, and uh, very fitting that we beat the best team in the Western Conference to clinch our spot. Uh, second one is. Uh, I know for the last month and a half, I've certainly been enjoying the crow. I'm eating out of the performance Mike Smith has been pulling off. It's been ridiculous right now. And uh, the other thing is, uh, you know what, to you guys, Cam, Bob, Jack, you guys are an unbelievable job. And uh, let's uh, get ready and get ready for the playoffs here. Let's go, Oilers.
1: Yeah, right on. Well, thanks for listening. We all enjoy what we do for sure, and we like working together. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's Chris is the only one who's uh, maybe said some things about Mike Smith. But but I mean again, that's in in the when we got asked all the questions about the goaltending, and we said, okay, yes, this goalie might be better. This goalie is better. Who's realistically available? Most of the goalies who were realistically available weren't obviously mm-hmm. better. Than Smith or or Koskin. and I and I still, I mean, somebody was asking me today off off air. Just a buddy was like, "Well, what? Well, what if Smith falters in the playoffs?" Well, okay, but what I if, mean, you can't. What if Flurry there, this does? Is, this is the if, team. I yeah. mean, this is this is the team right now. So well,
2: and the one thing that we said all along that the best case scenario for the Edmonton Oilers, and we said this in January. Best case scenario for the Edmonton Oilers is that Mike Smith. Gets back to what he did last year. Right. That the Oilers then do not have to make a trade. They got Smith in the playoffs playing like he did last year, which was excellent. And you add his playmaking abilities, and that's what we've got now. We've got Mike Smith playing at the same level he had last year, where he was outstanding. And now they're going in. Now they got the added bonus of uh, of having their both goaltenders playing very good going into the playoffs so uh, i'm sure that we're gonna see both of them down the stretch here and they're gonna have arrested mike smith start game one on home ice
1: okay we'll also welcome adam to the show hey adam go ahead hey rob reed how are you quite well
5: i'm not sure if you remember but i was the guy that phoned in last year after the winnipeg uh lost I... Keith. yeah sir yes, how are Duncan you guys Keith.
1: yeah did you <laughs> call me back Yeah, Um, I phoned you. Inside sports one night? Uh, I'm not sure. Because I said I wanted to hear from the guy that made the prediction. I thought you got in touch on my talk show one night. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, no, that's cool, man. You nailed it. Keith made a great play tonight. Yeah, he did. He what did. He had had the back-door play and, uh,
5: <laughs> what do you know? What do you know now? What are we giving us? Well, <laughs> um, I just want your guys' opinion on, um, obviously, we found our Chris Kuenitz and Evander Kane. So um, I just want to know what you guys think next year. Obviously, I hope we're going to have a good uh, push here. But what do you guys think is going to happen next year if we need to sign Kane?
2: Well, it, it, as we were just talking with the, the other caller, that's that's up to Kane. Uh, Kane will be an unrestricted free agent uh, come whatever day. Usually, it's July 1st. Uh, though if he continues to do what he's doing now and does it in the playoffs as well, I mean the the number just gets bigger and bigger, and the length of the contract gets longer and longer. I am not a cap specialist. I, I have no idea what they can afford and what they can't afford.
1: Well i mean this is it, it can be this could be a we could spend an hour on yeah. this but let, there are there are a lot of different ways to look at it first of all miko koskinen let's say koskinen is, isn't back mm-hmm. so that's four and a half million available having said that darnell nurse is getting almost a four million dollar race um I I, I, I mean, again, we're Yes, he needs a raise. You, 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 John, will Josh Archibald be back? He, he's no. not restricted free agent. I, I would say... Not. Uh, restricted... And then restricted free agents, Pugliarvi... Yamamoto. Yamamoto, McLeod. They're not going to get massive raises. but raises. But they'll get raises. Um, will Dylan Holloway be on the team? Now, that's an entry-level contract. Which is but, a good but, one. But maybe that's one that replaces Archibald's Someone. contract or something like that. So
2: it'll come it'll come down to money it, it will in all honesty it comes down can the oilers afford him and then evander kane decides where he wants to go and the way he's played and everything has been a positive off the ice uh there's going to be teams out there they're going to want him and uh the better he throughout the problem is the better he plays for the edmonton oilers the more expensive he's going to become for yeah. the edmonton oilers I mean,
1: i'm just kind of looking at the cap friendly site which is a great resource for it stuff is very good so they yes. have Oh, they have projected cap space at basically $9 million. So that includes nurses raise, no Koskinen, but that doesn't include Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, McLeod, and then potentially Kane, and then, oh, Chris Russell, he might not be back at 1.25. So there's little contracts. But yeah, I mean, if, I mean, ideally, you say to Kane, like, you know, great year. You went through a tough time. Did you like it here? And plus, we don't know how they're going to do in the playoffs. No, you're right. Yep. Maybe they go deep, and Kane thinks, "Oh man, we're so close. We're or, or, we're gonna do we're gonna do it next year," and he and he's takes three times three. Yeah, or something like.
2: Well, that. yeah, but then someone offers him four times six.
1: Unless he just si- says he's going to sign with the Oilers before he even goes to free agency.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. You're a free agent. You have a big year. Well, I, you're, I, you're,
1: I, I totally understand
2: what. Yeah, well, and his agent's going to say. Okay. And, it and, and mean, in something, and I mean, we don't want to get too in-depth with it, but right now there's a big uh, thing going on about his contract and what he's owed by San Jose. There's a lot of money on the board. Whether he gets that or not might also play into whether or not he resigns signs for more or less money. I think it's $22 million that San Jose owes well, him right now. So if he gets that $22 million, well, maybe you can take a little less and go where you want. Yeah, and
1: then we're not even talking about potential trades. No. Or, so, or I don't know. If you, you know,
2: let we got so many other yeah, fun the, things to talk about that will be we're something
1: prob- we're probably t- uh, no i'm glad adam called and that yep. was an awesome tip he gave us oh, last year yep. but I, I will say this in general to people listening we're going to talk not a lot about next season because the Oilers are in the playoffs, and we we spent a lot of years where they <laughs> weren't in the playoffs where we were talking about next season in November yes, and the draft lottery. We, the, the here and now is going to be a, a lot of fun. Though it is it is a good question. No, you're I, right. I, I understand why fans watching of Andrew Kane are thinking like, well, oh, wow, that's... He's, well, in all honesty, he's on the he's ice. He's exceeded expectations. Yeah, Even if all- you thought... He was going to score a ton of goals, Well, I think
2: he, he's he's got on the ice. He's got everything you want. And Leon touched on he's big. He's physical. He can skate. He can shoot. He can fight. He can score. Uh, he plays on your power play plays penalty kill. He scores big five on five goals. Yeah, yeah, he's he's everything they wanted and not more. And we're just starting to see him in the big games and the big games are going to start in one, oh, about ten days from now, and then we'll see what Evander Kane can do to help this team.
1: Uh, no update on Darnell Nurse, by the way. Jay Woodcroft said hopefully there'll be more information in the morning. He left the game with about uh, eight minutes left in the second period and did not return. Oilers win 6-3. They have wrapped up a playoff berth for the third consecutive year, but it'll be fun playing in front of fans this time around. Let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room, Kane and Smith.
6: Hey, Vander. Congratulations on the hat trick, the four-point night. Can you just give us a thought on, on the contest to start? Yeah, it was... Uh... It's a good team win. Um, great to clinch the playoffs here at home. Um, you know, I thought the first period we came in a little flat. Uh, didn't do what we talked about uh, heading into the game, but, you know, we got off to a strong start in the second and carried the momentum all the way through. Uh, and, Mike, you guys just beat the best team in the league to clinch a playoff spot. Does that have any more significance than that, or is it just a next step into the process here?
3: Uh, yeah, obviously, when you're playing good hockey against, you know, the best players, Team in the league obviously gained confidence from playing against good teams and um tonight was no different you know it was uh it was a game we wanted to make a statement and keep the mojo going at home here and and clinch a p- playoff spot and obviously when you want to when you're playing against the best teams in the league you want to bring your game to the to the level that we are capable of and like kaner said we didn't have the start we wanted to but i thought we responded well in the second and got going in the right direction and uh finished off the tough game
7: Evander, you uh, you joined midway through here and had a little bit of catching up to do just as far as games played and such. Do you feel right now your game is, you know, uh, at a level that you've you've been at before in your career, but it took a little bit of time for you to hit this really high level? And how, how good do you feel about where it's at right now?
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime uh, you, know, you join a team halfway through the season, it's going to take you... Uh, you know, more in a couple of games to really get your game uh, to where it was maybe the previous year. Um, you know, just try to work hard on the ice to, to get it to that level. And obviously just uh, continuing to develop chemist- chemistry with my line mates. Um, you know, that takes a little bit of time. But, uh, you know, I really like where things are at right now and just try to keep building on that.
7: You've played with a few different centers but mcdavid a lot lately what have you i don't know if you learned but what have you sort of adjusted to you know and making it work with him as your center what have you learned about how to make that work
6: yeah i think it's uh it's it's kind of reading off each other and, and knowing uh, each other's tendencies and you know him getting to figure out my skills a little bit and, on where he can get me the puck and um i think that's that's really starting to come along and Uh, obviously he's an extremely talented guy and can play with anybody, so um, it's nice having him as my centre.
11: Mike, it's been, uh, maybe you could speak to us about the year a little bit. It's been a, you know, you didn't play barely in the first half. Uh, Evander wasn't even here. You know, you guys went through a coach this year. It hasn't exactly been, uh, you know, smooth sailing from start to finish, and here you are playing by far your best hockey of the season when it counts. Can you, you did all that stuff make you a better team in the end?
3: Hundred percent. You know, we talk about adversity all the time, and and you know, there's two ways to go about it. It's feel feel sorry for yourself or grab it and do something about it. And uh, I really feel like, you know, going through the tough times this year really made this team really stick together and grow and and understand what it takes to to win tight hockey games and to get on a bit of a roll and get some confidence and. Obviously, adding the pieces that we did um, make a difference, um, give you a boost. But um, I think it's uh, you know it's something that you can't really put a finger on. But you just it's it's easy to just stop playing when things are going bad and not and and you know give in. But it's hard to, to battle through those those times, those tough times, and and to do something with it and do something about it. And I feel like that. That really teaches this, has really taught us this, this group uh, a valuable lesson. And, and it's a valuable one going into the most important time of the year. And there's going to be times in the playoffs when it's not going to go your way, but you just got to stick with it, stick together as a group, and good things will happen.
11: You've been on various teams, you know, good teams maybe that didn't do it in the playoffs, that Arizona team that went further than anyone thought they would. What about this team? Is this, you know, is, you played these cards a lot. What do you see, what do you got in your hand here for this
3: Brum. I mean, no one's going to give you a series, so it's going to be hard no matter who you play. But I really feel like we're doing a lot of the little things that it takes to, uh, you know, to give ourselves a chance to win hockey games. And we have the players to capitalize when other teams make mistakes. And um, you know, it's it's playoffs is a different animal. It's it's a different animal. But I feel like in the last couple of months, we've really played a playoff style of hockey and guys have bought into doing what it takes to win and that's all it that matters that's all it that matters in the playoffs is is winning and guys have really grasped that mentality the last little bit here obviously Woody's came in and and kind of preached the details and that's been a big part of why we've had success but everyone buying into that has been a big reason why we're kind of humming along right now Evander, hey, can you talk to the pass Duncan Keith gave you on your goal? You seemed, you went right over, pointed to him and said that was a hell of a pass. Yeah. Or words to that effect anyway.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a great heads up play by him. Uh, I kind of wheeled the back of the net there and, um, you know, he, he got a shot at, he in a lot of different things, but uh, he made a real cerebral play there and uh, was able to find me on the backside.
8: Andrew I, I would say you came into this team probably tough circumstances coming from another team, and the team, the Oilers. That is, they were really struggling. Given all that, could is this gone as well as you could have imagined?
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, obviously when you're surveying the field, and, and Edmonton's there, and you look at the the lineup, and, and you see the potential uh, with 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 the roster that they had, um, you know, it was obviously extremely attractive, and. Um, You know, very happy with my decision. Uh, The the guys in the room have been phenomenal. Um, You know, I think we've really grown as a team, uh, especially in this last couple months, and um, it's great to see uh, the success we're having because uh, it just increases that buy-in and that mentality that we have to play with in order to win hockey games.
8: Mike, I know you were in and out of the lineup earlier in the year, but have you been able to kind of, uh, uh, you know, figure out or, wh- you know, what does Evander, I guess, a better way to phrase it, what has he meant to this team in the second half of the year here?
3: He's given us our team a huge boost. You know, he's obviously a natural goal scorer that, that plays in all facets of the game and, and uh, has brought a, uh, a juice to our team that we kind of lacked before. So I think he's obviously been a great addition and um you know it's been great to get to know him on and off the ice and obviously the playoff style hockey is what evander's all about and that's what you know he gets in the trenches he goes to the hard areas he's not afraid to mix it up and stick up for his teammates and get involved uh physically and that's what it you know that's what playoff hockey is all about it, it sucks people into the, the the trenches and the battle and um, obviously, he's been a, a huge asset to our team and a and, uh, big reason why we're having success right now.
7: Vander, uh, just on that front, when you first arrived here in the first few weeks you were here, we talked. you talked a few times about needing to be a little bit heavier as a group, needing to you know play that heavier style. That's what works in the playoffs. Have you seen an evolution in this group in the time that you've been here that that has come around significantly?
6: 100%. I mean, you just look at... Uh our style of play, the way we're winning games. Um, you look at a guy like Yamamoto winning battles against guys that are double his size, uh, Warren Fogel all through our lineup. Um, you know, even Connor and Dry, you know, you, you look at how heavy they are down low in the offensive zone, it, uh, it uh, you know, breeds to the whole team when you see those guys doing that type of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I think we're playing a, a type of hockey and a brand of hockey that, you uh, gives you an opportunity to be successful uh, when the time counts.
1: Two of the stars of tonight's game. Evander Kane gets a hat trick and an assist. Mike Smith, 34 stops. He's won his last nine starts. And the Oilers are playoff bound. 6-3 winners over the Colorado Avalanche. Get more on this game, more on the team on 630Chet.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast is Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. for the face-off show. Puck drop at 11. Oilers at Blue Jackets. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, here in Studio 99, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chad. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers on behalf of Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Mary Clinchmas, Oil Country.